0: Um, You've done incredibly well. You are ready to discuss the most complicated subject in all of music. It's called copyright math. (laughs) Now, a little bit of background before I get into this. Years ago, I started a company called Listen.com. We built a music service called Rhapsody, and in the process, thank you, uh, of starting and building that company, I learned a lot about the giant media companies and about their relationship with Washington, D.C., Now, let's just say it's not what you'd call a platonic relationship. And here's what I learned about it. When a lobbying group like the RIAA, the Recording Association of America, and a senator love each other very much, they go off to a private place, and a few months later, we have the bastard mutant spawn that we call copyright law. Now for many years, I was just deeply confused by this relationship and the laws that came out of it because what I didn't realize is that there's a deep quantitative logic that underpins this whole thing and all I needed to do was to study and learn and use copyright math and I'd be able to view everything through a much more powerful perspective. Let me give you an example. Back during the SOPA debate, the Motion Picture Association revealed that content theft takes over $58 billion a year out of our economy. Now once upon a time, a number like this just would have confused me because it has um, uh, absolutely no bearing to reality. Now, but copyright math allows me to look at this number the way a senator would see it. So let me give you an example. What's $58 billion in copyright math terms? I'll tell you. It is enough money to stretch from this theater across six blocks of downtown San Diego to the convention center and then to Mars (laughs) if we use pennies. (laughs) Now this is such a dramatic and simple statement that it is what we call in Washington a politically useful insight. But it's also a morally important one, because this isn't just the hypothetical cost of some pirated movies and music that we're talking about, but these are actual economic losses. This is in fact the equivalent to the entire American corn crop failing, along with all of our fruit, as well as wheat, cotton, (laughs) tobacco, rice, wait for it, and even something called sorghum whatever the fuck that is. (laughs) But identifying the economy's actual losses without using copyright math is almost impossible. Okay, we all know that American music sales are down by about $8 billion since Napster came on the scene. So that's a chunk of it. But movie revenues across theater, home video, and pay-per-view are up. And TV, satellite, and cable revenues are way up, and so are other content markets like publishing and radio. Um, so this small missing chunk here—it's a little bit puzzling, because you know since the big content markets have been growing in line with historic norms it can't be additional growth that piracy has prevented. So copyright math tells us it must be foregone growth in a market that didn't exist before and has no historic norms, something that didn't exist in the 90s. What we are looking at here, people, is the insidious cost of ringtone piracy. (laughs) $50 billion of it. Every year, $50 billion, and at 30 seconds of ringtone, that's enough to stretch from here to Neanderthal times. (laughs) Check it on Excel, it's true. This is a really important number from the Copyright Mathematician's Toolkit. It's the precise amount of harm that media companies suffer whenever anybody pirates a single copy of a single song. Now, Hollywood and Congress derived this number mathematically back when they last improved copyright damages and made this penalty law. Now, at the time, the world's hottest MP3 player could only hold about 10 songs. And it was a big (laughs) Christmas hit. Because what little hoodlum wouldn't want a million and a half bucks worth of stolen goods in his back pocket? These days, an iPod classic will hold 160 gigabytes, which at three minutes a song is over 50,000 songs, which is to say $8 billion (laughs) worth of stolen goods. Give just one of these weapons of mass extortion to all the graduating seniors in a single state university and you're looking at $50 trillion of copyright theft. With this money we could take the entire population of China and take them to a slightly expanded version of the San Diego Bayfront Hilton and give them all their own private room for over a year. (laughs) A little bit less than a year if we throw in the breakfast buffet. Now this brings us to our final topic, which is alien piracy. Aliens are so advanced that it's absurd to imagine that they haven't been pirating our greatest music for decades. Now, the problem with alien piracy is that it's such a complicated topic that I just don't have time to go into it today. But luckily, I believe all of you when you came in were handed a 50-page booklet, hopefully, with this guy's face on the front of it. This is um, uh, this will give you a great deal of information about alien piracy. It is the first three chapters of my debut novel, which Del Rey and Random House released two days ago, and it's all about alien piracy. Now it's three chapters. There are other chapters as, as well, of course. But the idea that Random House had, and I really endorsed it, was like we're gonna give everybody the beginning of the book so they can read it and decide if they're interested in the rest of the book. And so when I got this, I can't tell you how excited I was when they, they printed up thousands of these booklets. They don't usually do this. And I picked it up and I looked at it, I saw my words and typeface for the first time, and I noticed a little boo-boo. And I think I yelled loud enough to be heard in the next county, where's my fucking prologue? You see, like so many books, mine begins with a prologue, which is not in the booklet that you have. I called it year zero. That might have been some of the confusion. So you are now, I've made my problem your problem. You now have a little totem that is the last three quarters of the beginning of a book. So you, like me, are well within your rights to clutch it in your hand and wave an impotent fist at the heavens and yell, where's my fucking prologue? And I have an answer for you. When you get home tonight, I want you to go online, type in www.where'smyfuckingprologue.com. And you will see a friendly and familiar alien face. And underneath that face, you will see the words, here's your fucking prologue. (laughs) Click on the word here, and you will have your fucking prologue. Uh, That's it. The only reason I put all this stuff up here, I've got an active Facebook page, I blog, I have a Twitter handle. Almost all of this shit is written wrong on the the booklet, Um, particularly the Twitter handle. Uh, And then there's this book and they're they're selling it back there. It's a hell of a lot cheaper online because I'm required by Random House to sell it for full face value. But if you enjoy the fucking prologue and the rest of it, I hope you'll think about reading the book at some point. Thank you very much.